You're listening to the Department of Energy Joint Genome Institute's Natural Podcast, a podcast about natural products and the science and scientists of secondary metabolism. Hey there, and welcome to the first episode of Natural Podcast. First, uh, maybe a little bit of background. My name is Dan Udwari. I, as well as my co-host, Allison Takamura, whose voice you'll hear in a minute, we work for the U.S. Department of Energy Joint Genome Institute, or JGI. JGI is a DOE Office of Science user facility located at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. Being a user facility means that scientists from all over the world bring us big problems related to energy and the environment, uh, problems that might need special technology for DNA sequencing, genomics, metabolomics, synthetic biology, that maybe they don't have available in their labs, and we use our resources to help them solve those problems. It's a fantastic place to work, and this is the best job I've ever had. So, okay, that's fine and all, but what the heck is a natural podcast? Well, obviously, it's a play on words, a podcast about natural products. And natural products is an older term for the special natural chemical compounds that you find in plants, fungi, and bacteria, basically all living things. When your crazy aunt is posting on Facebook about cinnamon or turmeric curing every disease and helping you sleep at night, uh, I'm not sure if that's a real example, but she's talking about natural products, even though the science in that Facebook post is probably more than a little bit fuzzy. Uh, The natural products or secondary metabolism field, though, is real, and it's a field with very real and truly amazing science with a long history, and that's what we're going to be talking about here. JGI, as an institution, has recognized how important natural products are to understanding the natural environment. So our director, Nigel Mouncey, started and leads the JGI's Secondary Metabolite Science Program, uh, which I was hired into, and my job is to do cool research and also to talk to the wider natural products community about what they need to advance their science and what JGI can do to help that. So here we are. This is the first episode. Uh, And at the same time, I'm going to release five other episodes so you can get a good feeling for what this podcast is. The first three episodes are what we're calling a primer. We wanted to try and give a general audience some of the basics of natural product science. And of course, the word primer is a molecular biology term. Uh, We recorded the primer as a much longer conversation, which I cut up into more digestible pieces. So if you're an expert in the field, you can probably skip straight on to episodes four, five, and six for some fun interviews, unless you want to fact check us. I like fact checking, so, you know, go nuts. Um, But here in this first episode, you'll meet me and my co-host, Allison. Uh, We're going to tell you some stories about natural products so you can get a feel for why I think they're so important. And we'll start to explain some of the terms and the basics so that you, the audience who might not be familiar, can start to understand what this is all about. Uh, In the second episode, we'll talk some more about the differences between primary metabolism and secondary metabolism. And we talk about the early history of the field. Then in the third episode, uh, we'll discuss the modern history of natural products and where we are today. After that, we have lots of great conversations that we've already recorded with some excellent scientists, and that's probably how we'll continue for a while. To be fair, it's probably going to help you uh, some to have some basic knowledge of modern biology. Um, We're trying to keep this as general as possible, but scientists love technical jargon. If you don't have that background, well, everybody starts somewhere, right? Most of what you need is a Google search away. If you like these primer episodes, let me know by emailing us to jgi-coms, that's jgi C-O-M-M-S at lbl.gov or on Twitter at JGI or at me, uh, Dan Udary at D-A-N-U-D-W-A-R-Y. We'll probably do a few more of these in between blocks of interviews as we go on. So if you hear a topic you'd want us to dive deeper on, let me know. All right. So here we go. This is episode one of the Natural Broadcast Primer. Hey, Allison. 
Hey, Dan. So um, we are doing this podcast on secondary metabolism, and uh, I thought it would be a good idea to have have the opportunity to talk more uh, about some of the background and sort of the reasons why we want to do this, and also to um, provide a little more information and context for people who might possibly be interested in listening to a podcast about secondary metabolism. There are probably not that many people who want to do this, but uh, <laughs> I think... A few and passionate few. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. And I think one of, the, one of the fun things that I hope that I can express today is uh, why secondary metabolism is interesting and um, why it is that we, uh, we need more people to do work in this field and why people who are not in this field could be doing work in this field. Um, so, uh, mm. yeah, I thought we'd go, go through some of... Some, some of the background of the science and uh, a little bit of the history of the field and um, lead into uh, uh, the current state of things so that when we talk to other scientists, we have a better idea of what's going on and what the context for their work is. Cool. That sounds great. I'm so glad that you invited me to have this conversation today. And I wonder if we should start off with who we are. Okay, sure. Uh, do you want to go first? Sure. So my name is Allison Takamura, and I work here with you, Dan, at the Joint Genome Institute. And um, do you want to hear a little bit about my background to kind of... Yeah. Okay. All right. So I, uh, I did a PhD in microbiology at MIT, and I studied microbial ecology. I studied Vibrio species in the ocean, so heterotrophic bacteria. Now, we didn't get into secondary metabolites really in my studies. Um, so this is is an area that was adjacent, I think, to what I worked on. But my experience of, uh, of how microbes are interacting in the environment, like, like my journey into exploring that world, I did feel like there are... <laughs> um, there is a big importance on the kind of molecules that they're sharing and expressing, and that it seemed like we didn't know very much about that world yet. So I am very interested to hear more about it, and I'm excited to talk with you, who is an expert. Dan is an expert in this. Um, well, let's not get crazy. But, uh. <laughs> Someone who works in this field. Um, and just to say that again, I'm excited to talk with you, Dan, because you are working in this field. Well, it's nice to have uh, someone who can be a sounding board and keep me on track. Uh, and um, it's, it's always been good talking to you. So I think it'll be fun to have the conversation. Cool. So I am Dan Udwery. Uh, I'm a researcher in the Secondary Metabolites Science Program here at JGI. Um, it's a, uh, a new group uh, formed under the director who has also got a long background in secondary metabolism. I have been in uh, working in secondary metabolism for almost 20 years now, uh, which when I did the math, that was a surprise to me too. I started working in secondary metabolism in graduate school. I joined the lab of Professor Craig Townsend at Johns Hopkins University. He uh, does biosynthesis of natural product molecules and sort of the intersection between biochemistry and uh, synthetic chemistry. And I did postdoctoral work with Brad Moore, who we're going to talk to in a couple of weeks at Scripps Institution of Oceanography. Um, he uh, got me into genomics of microbes, uh, specifically of some that lived in the ocean and made some cool natural products that we'll 
talk to him about. Cool, ocean microbes. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, uh, after that, I was a professor at the University of Rhode Island for a couple of years before I left that to join a biotech startup. Uh, and uh, after that, came to, to work with the JGI. And so now here at the JGI, uh, I work with uh, all of the, the sequencing data that the JGI produces to uh, try to find and identify natural product biosynthetic gene clusters and to do research to get a better understanding of that, um, that data. Awesome. So tell me, why should I even care about secondary metabolites? I mean, I kind of, I kind of feel like I should, but tell me more and maybe... maybe sure. Yeah. So you asked me to tell you a story. And so I came <laughs> up with three short stories that uh, I think might illustrate some of that. So first, um, put a picture in your head. Uh, it's a warm summer day. It's been dry for a while. Maybe it hasn't rained in a while. Picture that, you know, you're outside, um, maybe in a, in a field. And uh, suddenly it's, it starts to rain. Just a little bit of drizzle at first, a uh, few, few big drops. Now think about that, that picture, that smell uh, of that. Can you picture that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That smell is a chemical compound called geosmin that's produced mm. by soil bacteria that live all over the place. So mm. that, that smell of rain uh, is just these terpene molecules that these bacteria produce and secrete out into their environment to, to make their environment a little more hospitable to themselves. And when it gets, when it gets dry when it, and then mm. it suddenly gets wet, that, um, that, that kind of volatilizes and gets up into the air and you can smell smell it that dirt fresh dirt smell that is bacteria making natural products hmm. it kind of, it kind of <laughs> it, it's kind of like i'm smelling bacterial perfume i mean i mean but it's purposeful so it's it's some kind of mm, is is it a compound that helps them from drying out or do you what does it do? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I uh, when I was thinking about this story, I, I tried to go look okay. that up, and I couldn't find the answer. Oh, <laughs> so it's I, not really known. Yeah, yeah, as far as I could tell, it could be bacterial, like blankets or coats or water bottles, in uh, in a metaphorical <laughs> way. <of laughs> or because speaking. they're bacteria, it could be could be phone calls. This is how they communicate mm. with with chemicals. We could be smelling bacterial phone calls <laughs> <laughs> when it rains. All right. Okay. The second story, yeah, uh, you have probably heard of the Salem witch trials back in the, what, 15th, 16th century? Yeah, I lived in Massachusetts for a while. Well, there you go. So <laughs> you, you've heard about that. And so um, what many people think uh, happened, one of the, I mean, there are a lot of reasons why people might start, you know, burning their neighbors at the stake. But um, <laughs> one, of the, one of the main triggers of that, that most people, I think, believe now is that um, that c- the the communities where this happened uh, have a tendency to um, be susceptible to a fungal inf- uh, infection of rye grain mm. uh, called um, uh, a specific fungus called claviceps purpurea uh, can mm. infect grain and um, when it does it produces compounds called ergot alkaloids mm. these ergot alkaloids uh, which are actually 
some of them are pretty closely related to LSD. They can cause oh. hallucinations and oh. make people see things that maybe aren't real. Oh, um, my gosh. And so uh, it's thought that uh, based on historical records and, and weather recordings of the time that they're, they're pretty sure that oh it was gosh. claviceps purpurea secreting natural products into the grain that people are eating in, in hard times. Um, Mm. And uh, uh, becoming ill and then hallucinating and, and uh, deciding to burn witches at the stake. Oh, my gosh. It was in the bread. Yeah. <laughs> so, the grain. So, oh, no. So where the, the natural products giveth, they taketh away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those poor pilgrims. Wait, but, are they pilgrims if they're up there? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> er, early colonists, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um. Oh, that's nuts. I, I had not heard that, actually. I feel like there needs to be more talk about that. <laughs> I don't know. Because, I mean, yeah, I think. Yeah, and it, it, you know, it took several hundred years for us to even understand that it was it was maybe natural products that would cause um, some, you know, major mm-hmm. historical events and, and craziness in human history. Yeah, that natural products could be so mind-bending and that we might just kind of happen across them in our food that's that's crazy yeah just like the geosmin they're everywhere and you don't always necessarily know what they are yeah okay well i'm definitely (laughs) uh, (laughs) i'm definitely seeing why this is such an important area to study okay what's your third story the third story is i wanted to just briefly talk about taxol so uh taxol is a a natural product uh cancer drug uh it was the uh, largest selling drug back in the early 2000s uh, for cancer, um, you know, a, a billion dollar drug. But where mm. Taxol comes from uh, is from the bark of the yew tree is where it was originally discovered. Mm. And uh, so that sounds great. There's a natural source, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, it turns out it takes the bark from three yew trees in order to make enough or to, to isolate enough Taxol to give one dose to one person. Oh, no, and I bet that's not a renewable and resource, I bet. It's a like yew tree stripping. takes about 200 years to mature. <gasps> oh so that is not a, not a practical thing. So mm. the natural products are there, and we can find them, but can we always produce them? Mm-hmm. That's a little bit more of a problem. And so um, it, there was a major effort to try to figure out ways to get around this. Mm-hmm. Often when you... Um, you can't, can't isolate enough of a compound, then uh, you turn to synthetic chemists. But mm-hmm. taxol is actually a very large molecule, very complicated to mm-hmm. synthesize. And so synthesis wasn't really possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, they worked out that you could um, get a precursor of it from the needles and then do a semi-synthesis. So you take a, okay. a natural precursor and, and make a few modifications to it within, with synthetic chemistry and, mm-hmm. and produce more. Uh, and then... Eventually, they figured out that they could um, uh, culture the plant cells uh, and and produce enough that way in really large, like 7,500-liter bioreactors. Cool. And then a few years later, a few years ago, actually, they discovered that taxol is also produced by a fungus that happens oh. to grow near this tree. And so there was probably some hmm. historical evolutionary event where the DNA transferred from the fungus into the tree wow. uh, and, and became incorporated. And because it had some advantage to the tree, it's almost certainly, you know, prevents 
some animals from from eating the bark or something yeah. that makes them ill when they do. Um, and so uh, the the natural products are everywhere. They're moving around, even from fungus to trees, yeah. and doing things that are useful to us or harmful to us. And mm. uh, understanding all of that, I think, is is what really drives me to understand what's going on with natural products and secondary metabolism. Mm. Uh, I loved those stories. Thanks so much, Dan. I mean, <laughs> where do we go from here? Because that was just... <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just want to like... Up. Okay. <laughs> I just want to see some... I, like, I want to go experience some natural products now, but maybe that'll be a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we're experiencing some right now, and I don't—I'm not even aware of it. But that was amazing. Well, you got a—you got a cup full of natural products sitting right in front of you. <laughs> your, your coffee. You—you've got a natural product extract. Yes. They have stuff. <laughs> even then, you're—you're you're just grinding them up and extracting uh, compounds, and that's exactly what we do sometimes when you start doing a, a find and grind chemistry, which we'll talk about. Mm, mm-hmm. So you've been telling me these stories, but what exactly is a secondary metabolite, you know, slash natural product? And yeah, can you just use them interchangeably? Uh, sure. I mean, maybe maybe first we can say uh, if you're going to talk about what a secondary metabolite is, uh, that implies that there's a primary metabolite, and you know there are. So primary mm-hmm. metabolites are uh, the thing we have on the screen right now. Um, maybe you want to describe that. Okay. Um, we're looking at a schematic of different pathways in, in a microbial cell, it looks like. It could be a eukaryotic cell, but, you know, it's like a big rectangle that has colorful pathways of pink and teal and yellow. And Dan pointed out the Krebs cycle to me earlier. I can kind yeah. of see it. <laughs> Yeah. So, so what we okay. got here is, is I just grabbed a, a photo of, of a biochemical pathways chart. So uh-huh. if you spend any time hanging around biochemists or a biochemistry lab, then there's a pretty good chance that somebody's got one of these posters hanging on mm. a wall somewhere because mm-hmm. we, we, we do use them. Um, <laughs> and uh, what this shows is all of the common biochemical pathways shared by almost all living organisms. So uh, all, almost mm. all of these reactions are going on in your body. Uh, almost all of these reactions are going on in the, the coffee beans that uh, you, before, at least before they were ground up and made into coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, bacteria, fungi, you know, everything. These are shared pathways mm-hmm. for making amino acids and nucleic acids for DNA and uh, uh, breaking down food so that you produce energy. All, all of the common things that uh, mm-hmm. every organism needs in order to live and reproduce and grow. Mm-hmm. And so secondary metabolism is everything other than this, basically. It's, it's all of the other stuff. Um, so you asked about terms, and, and so uh, I will probably end up interchangeably using the term secondary metabolite and specialized metabolite and natural, natural products. products. Yeah, uh, some people have in the field, and, and we may talk to some of them, we'll have different ideas about the, the, this term for, for what a, what secondary metabolism should be called. Some people don't like the term secondary metabolism because it implies sort of uh, it's not as important or it's secondary, and they prefer the term specialized metabolite. Um, natural products is sort of the old uh, older-fashioned term for it, um, and uh, but it, it's still around. But if you Google 
natural products, you're going to find, you know, people selling strange lotions and things. Oh, yeah. That's not <laughs> the not kind so of natural products science. we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. So, so at JGI, we, we call this area secondary metabolites or secondary metabolism. Mm-hmm. Right. Sort of outside of the core. Um, yeah. That's, that's essential for living organisms. Right. All of the other stuff. So mm-hmm. it's... it's um, uh, Caffeine is a natural product. It's not something that um, is found in all organisms, uh, and it's it's all of the the, the chemical things uh, in a in a cell or a living creature that make it specialized or adapted to its environment, chemical chemistry wise. So mm-hmm. it's very important for bacteria that they have specific chemicals that they you know put into their environment or produce themselves. Um, it's the pigments in flowers. It's uh, mm. communication molecules that some organisms use to, say, uh, uh, grow near each other or fight each other with antibiotics. Mm. Uh, it's, it's all of that other stuff that things use to adapt. Mm. So it's secondary metabolism is itself uh, evolution. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess this relates to when I was studying um, heterotrophic bacteria, uh, the the core genome and the flexible genome. So that's kind of the mentality that I'm looking at it with. You know, it's within yeah. a species or a microbial population, you have some set of shared traits that everyone has, but there's still variability. Um, although th- this secondary metabolism, you take it to a different level. <laughs> this it just makes me think about how funny you know, human, the human endeavor of understanding nature is we want to categorize things mm-hmm. um, into these arbitrary bins. And, you know, for an organism, the ability to communicate might be as critical or it, it might be as big a part of its life as metabolizing sugars. But it's, it's, uh, it's something that we decide is not so important or essential to well, maybe you, Alive. but this yeah, is no. this is my field, so I think this is very important. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm Dan Udbury, and you've been listening to Natural Podcast, a podcast produced by the U.S. Department of Energy Joint Genome Institute, a DOE Office of Science user facility located at Lawrence Berkeley National Lab. You can find links to transcripts, more information on this episode, and our other episodes at naturalprodcast.com. Special thanks, as always, to my co-host, Allison Takamura. If you like Allison and you want to hear more science from her, check out her podcast, Genome Insider. She talks to lots of great scientists outside of secondary metabolism. And if you like what we're doing here, you'll probably enjoy Genome Insider too. So check it out. My intro and outro music are by Jazzar. Please help spread the word by leaving a review of Natural Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you got the podcast. If you have a question or want to give us feedback, tweet us at JGI or to me at Dan Udwary. That's D-A-N-U-D-W-A-R-Y. If you want to record and send us a question that we might play on air, email us at jgi-coms, that's jgi-comms at lbl.gov. And because we're a user facility, if you're interested in partnering with us, we want to hear from you. We have projects in genome sequencing, DNA synthesis, transcriptomics, metabolomics, and natural products in plants, fungi, and microorganisms. If you want to collaborate, let us know. Find out more at jgi.doe.gov user-programs. Thanks, and see you next time. Hey, Allison. Hey, Dan. 
thanks for uh, joining us today. Um, that's a stupid way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Dan's okay. really self-critical. <laughs> Don't be like Dan.